Christ. We thank you, God. Amen. Why don't you have your seats? Give God a hand. Yes. Praise God. Mims, you want to stay for a little bit? All right. I knew you would. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Are you guys joyful? You feel blessed by the Lord? Amen? Amen? All right. Thank you, Punch. Um, I just want to share a, a word with you today um, out of the book of Matthew, chapter 28. If you can go to that. God is good. He is faithful. Um, thank you all for being here this afternoon to, to celebrate Jesus together here at Grace and Love Church. We love Jesus. We love the Lord. We love the presence of God. If we can worship the whole time, we probably would. And sometimes we do. If we could pray longer, we probably should. But God is so good. He, uh, he blesses us. Amen. Are you there? Matthew 28. Let's go to verse 16. Today's message is called Go. Just simply like that, Go. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. I ask that you speak to us this afternoon, God. It's for your glory and your honor. Let me be your vessel, Lord. Father, let your words, God, just penetrate into our life this afternoon. Open the hearts. Raise your right hand, please. Lord, I ask that you open the hearts, God, of each and every single individual in this place. Open the hearts, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Give David a hand. He's awesome. All right. Go. That word is um, important in the gospel. Amen. Um, I just want to tell you a story real quick. Me and Cynthia have been, um, we're doing this, this, how should I call it, like detox kind of thing, where we're resetting our system, you know, eating the right things, and it's, it works. Like, so we can't have bread or like sugar stuff, right? Like sodas and, you know, basically everything has sugar. So like, honestly, like if you go to buy something that's healthy sometimes, and if you go in the back and it might not even say that it has sugar, but you go to the ingredients and it'll have like a different name, but it's still sugar. Anyway, we're learning a lot. So today, and, and, and we're reading this book that helps us and guides us. And so I think it was yesterday, Cynthia's like, oh no, we can't have Holy Communion. Because it's bread and basically sugar. <laughs> and I was like, no, because I was the one that read the book to her. We, we read it together, but I read it. And so um, in the book, it says that there's exceptions. When you have Holy Communion at church, 
you can have Holy Communion because, come on, we got to make an exception for God. Amen? So I'm really blessed today for the first time in 20 days. I had bread, but I had a little piece because I didn't want to, like, that's why, like, when, when Danny was passing by with the bread, I got a little pinch, and he was like, you sure, man? You don't want no more? And I'm like, <laughs> he didn't say that, but I just I felt like he did. Like, he gave me a look, and I got a little pinch, and then I had the whole cup of wine. And earlier when we were cutting it, I almost grabbed some, like, just naturally, I was like, whoa, like, I got to check myself. Anyway, that's, that's just a story I wanted to tell you. As we read Matthew chapter 28 this afternoon, I know that you are all probably thinking, I've definitely heard this before, and if not, you're thinking, um, wow, this is awesome. There's a couple things in there that are particular for us here in this church this afternoon. Uh, if you're part of this church and you feel like you're part of this family, welcome, we love you, thank you, God bless you. But I think it's important for you to kind of listen to this message today because um, it's, it's kind of like where we're headed towards. And I want to give you sort of a preview. And I don't want to give away too much of what God has kind of just been pressing into my heart. But just know that change is always good. <laughs> change is always constant, like you're always going to be changing in life. There's a quote that I, that I found that says, uh, the only constant in life is change. Amen? And that's true. We're always changing. We're getting older. Uh, we're getting, hopefully, well, we're getting older. Uh, and, you know, uh, life is always changing. Amen? You go from elementary school to middle school to high school to college. Congratulations to the graduates. How many graduates? We had, uh, yeah, Amaris. Yay. <laughs> And who else? And Leslie, yay. And Meryl's graduating right now. I think she, yeah, she just graduated. So praise God. So we're, we're always changing, like life is change. And God said in Genesis, there will always be seasons. There will always be sowing and reaping. There's always going to be change. So we have to get used to change. And so as Jesus talks to his disciples here, he tells them the mandate, the great commission, right? And uh, our brother David has said, it's not the great, com uh, what? The great suggestion, it's the great commission, amen? So it's something that, that, that God has placed over the church of Jesus Christ. He placed it over these uh, 11 men, and he expected them to take that message to other men and women so that they can take it to other men and women, and then the world would be transformed. And that's how we're talking about it 2,000 years later. Now, the word disciple is very important. I don't think we use it enough. I think sometimes disciple has like a bad connotation, and so we kind of stay away from using the word disciple. So we'll use words like follower and believer, and sometimes unbeliever, which I really dislike now, by the way. But uh, we use words like follower and believer, which are important. It's important to follow. The Bible says it, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. It's important to follow Jesus. Amen. It's important to believe. Boy, is it important to believe. The whole gospel is about believing and having faith in what Jesus has done. Amen. But it's also very important. The word disciple is very important to the gospel or else Jesus would have not called 12 disciples and ha have them disciple other disciples and so on and so forth. So the word disciple, we can't ignore it. We can't ignore it. But in order to make disciples, we have to, be, uh, we have to first be a disciple. 
We can't, we can't make disciples and, and, and not be a disciple. But we all understand that we are all disciples, amen? We're all disciples of Jesus Christ. And I'll get into what that means and what the, the word actually means and what it derives from and how, it, how we should think about it when we think about the word disciple and, and, and how we think of ourselves as being disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible is very, very strong sometimes. I know that sometimes we kind of tend to stay away from verses uh, that, that maybe are like, whoa, like that's really strong. Like I normally don't talk like that or does God talk like that? You know, they're really strong. And so uh, the Bible says, James uh, in particular, he says, you know, uh, even uh, the demons believe and tremble. Amen. And so sometimes you'll hear like a preacher use that to make you feel bad. Right. Like, hey, man, you believe? Well, demons do, too. And you're like, oh, man, like I, I don't want to get along with demons, you know, like that. I don't want to have that in common with them. But in context, what, what James is trying to say is that believing has a response. Amen. And so when you believe, when, when you have faith in Jesus, when, when you know Jesus, there's a response in our life to want to do things like Jesus. Amen. Who wants to be like Jesus? I want to be like Jesus. So what happens is, so Jesus, we believe in him, but it's not, it's not enough to stay as a, just a believer because a lot of people believe in Jesus, but not a lot of people are disciples. That, uh, you know, you talk to Muslims and, and uh, you know, I watch weird videos, debates and stuff sometimes. Amen. OK, maybe not just me. And so thank you. <laughs> and so you'll hear Muslims say, like, no, we believe in Jesus. Actually, we believe in Jesus more than than the Christians do. That's what they say. And they say, well, we believe he, he was a prophet. He was a good man. Uh, uh, he's in the in the Quran and, and he's like Muhammad and blah, blah, blah. But, but see, that's not the Jesus that we believe in. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, who came to this earth and, and gave his life for us. We believe in the Jesus of the Bible. So are you a disciple? Are you being a disciple? Or are we even, are we making disciples? This is what, what the Bible mandates, what Jesus talked to his disciples about. So let me tell you, a disciple is one who believes in the teachings of Jesus who rest, there's all biblical background for this, believes in his teachings, rest on his sacrifice. In other words, we rest in the fact that he did it all through grace. Um, we, a, a disciple is filled with the Holy Spirit, guided by him with power and authority. Amen. And he imitates, imitates Jesus. That means he's being guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, all the Holy Spirit does, not all, but some of what the Holy Spirit does is point to Jesus and say, do it like Jesus. Be like Jesus. He's the witness for Jesus. Amen. So a great meaning for the word disciple is an apprentice to a master craftsman. So there's a craftsman that's a master craftsman, and then he has his apprentice. The apprentice is to imitate how he does things, why he does things, at what time he does things, everything that the master craftsman does. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is essentially learning uh, from Jesus and he's walking with Jesus and, and Jesus is having him do things and he's growing with Jesus. That's what a disciple is. He's always looking and, and going and walking after Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what his disciples did. And so that's what we have to do. 
being a disciple historically in the time of Jesus, like everyone had disciples. You understand this? Like the Romans, the Greeks, and even the Jews had their own disciples. They, they, they were walking together all the time with him. Uh, they had their own prayers that they would do or their own chants, depending on what kind of disciples they were. They, they had their own vision, their mission, their goals. They had, they had their own thing going on in that discipleship group. Now, what would happen in, in different other other groups of discipleships like uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and even the Greek and Romans and Plato and Aristotle and all that, what they would do, this is the difference between being a disciple of Jesus and, and someone else's disciple. Uh, by the way, you're not my disciple. You're a disciple of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, what they would do is, for example, they would point uh, people to the Torah. They would point people to their uh, their philosophy. Amen. The only one that would do things different was Jesus because Jesus didn't point to something. He pointed to himself. Why? Because he said it. He said it in John. There's seven I am statements in John. I'm not going to remember all of them, but he is. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. He kept saying, I am the one that you're looking for. Even so, he said, I am the father. I am the father. I'm the one that you're looking for. I'm the one that can, that can help you in life. I'm the one that you're going to get victory towards. So he pointed to himself. He said, follow me. The only one that did that. So that's why it's important to be a disciple. Because we look more like Jesus when we are. Amen. As a, as a disciple of Jesus, we should adhere to his mandate to make disciples of all nations. Is it possible to make the, a disciples of entire nations? If Jesus said it, then it's possible. I saw a video the other day. You guys know that, that gentleman? I think he's a pastor, a preacher, evangelist, and he has no limbs. He has no arms and no legs. I don't remember his name, but he was at a government congress in Latin America somewhere, and he's preaching. He's like on a table like this. I can't say standing because he has no legs, but he was on a table like this and with a microphone and preaching to the congress, his entire congress. And, 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 and then he's like, get on your knees. Everyone, get on your knees. And I'm like, whoa, this is getting good. These are all like just Congress people. And everyone starts to get on their knees and starts to pray a prayer of accepting Jesus Christ. An entire Congress in Latin America. Amen. Praise God for that. So it's possible. So it's possible to make disciples of all nations. So boys in Israel, they would either study the Torah at home with their father or in a school. After that, they would look for a scholar uh, like, uh, like Paul. He, was, he studied under this Pharisee named Gamaliel. He, stu he studied under uh, this Pharisee, this very powerful teacher. So he, just like that. So the disciples, they're kind of just doing their thing. They're, they're not really looking for a scholar or someone to study under. They probably had their teachings in the Torah, and they, 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 they studied at home, and they're out fishing. Okay, they're out doing like life. Okay, we got to make money. We got to survive. And Jesus is walking by and he starts to call his disciples. And the way that you know that you've been called is when Jesus comes to your life and says, follow me. 
Every single one of you that believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus came to you and said, follow me. Amen. He said, come with me. Come have relationship with me. Because I want to tell you something right off the bat. Discipleship is not about doing stuff. It's not about tasks. It's about relationship. But we have this notion in our mind and in our, in our soul sometimes that a disciple has these five, ten things to do and it's ruled based. And it's not like that. Discipleship is all about relationship. And that's what Jesus had with his 12. He had intimate relationship with them. Yes, there was things to do, but it was based out of relationship. It was based out of, I know Jesus and he's doing. I, I was telling the guys on Friday, because we had men's service, amen, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, all 12 of us, praise God. I was telling them, when we get around Jesus... We want, to, we want to do great things. Like, like the disciples would get around Jesus and they were arguing, hey, Jesus, which one of us is going to be the greatest? Because when you get around greatness, it's contagious. You want to be great. You want to do great things for the Lord. And so they would get around Jesus and they were like, Lord, like we want to sit next to you in the kingdom of heaven or in the kingdom. And, and we want to do great things. And, and who's the greatest, God? You know, who's the greatest, Lord? Like, teacher, tell us who's the greatest out of all of us. And whoever's asking is probably like, he's going to say me, of course. And John's like, I know it's me. And Judas is like, I don't really care. All right, let's leave Judas alone, guys. It's more than just learning information. You get that? Discipleship is more than just learning. You will get information. You need that information to understand it and to know it. But it's more. It's so much more than that. It's relationship. It's meant to imitate the teacher. It's meant uh, to absorb his values. How does, what, how does Jesus, what does Jesus think about government? What does Jesus think about arts and entertainment? What, is, what does Jesus just think about, ever, about family? What, do, what does Jesus think about where I'm going to work? What does Jesus think about how I, how I handled this situation? It's all about relationship. But we, we, we complicate discipleship. We put these, these rules and we put this oppression and this pressure on people to be good disciples. And yes, we should be good disciples, but it's based out of relationship. It's based out of your intimate time with the Father. When you see Jesus and you see him going into hiding and praying, like he's not after the big show. He's, he, wants, he wants to be in hiding with the Father. That's discipleship. I, I urge you, be a, a disciple of Jesus. Absorbing his values and then reproducing his teachings. That's what every disciple would do for every group that was around at Jesus' time. They would, they would take in the teachings. They would absorb the values of the teacher. And then they would reproduce the teachings in other people. Amen? Let's go to Philippians. Chapter 3. Verse 10. Can you put it up, Paul? Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Are you there? Amen. Look at what it says. 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Verse 11, if, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Put up verse 10 again. That I may know him. This is discipleship. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul is so interested in imitating Jesus that he's like, I'll suffer like him if I have to. I want to have fellowship of his sufferings. Disciples are willing to suffer for the gospel. Uh, let me say it. They're willing to die for the gospel. Amen? Let me tell you a story. There's a, there's a, a person, a, a leader in China, a governor, I think he is. And he hates Christians. So what he started to do is he started to, Catholic, Christian, didn't matter. He saw a church. He brought the, uh, the bulldozer. And he just began to destroy churches. Just bring them down. One by one. You can look this up. Now, one day, there was this woman, a pastor. Praise the Lord for women pastors. Amen. She's like, I'm going to let this dude bulldoze my church. So she went with some of her people and sat down against this wall in front of the church. And here come the bulldozers. They stood there. Bulldozers stood there. I wish I, wish I had a good ending for this story. But I don't. They bulldozed the church with her. She died and was buried right in that grounds, right where that church stood. And it impacted me, and I thought, wow. Sometimes being a disciple, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's going in the streets and seeing someone that's hurt and praying for them and seeing them healed. It's it's standing up for the truth. It's, it's, it's different. It looks different in this world. She suffered, right? She suffered for, for the Lord Jesus. And we might think, man, I don't, know if, I don't know if I would do that. No, I don't know if I would have the guts to do that. But I think she's a hero. I think she's a hero, and I think... I think one, one of those acts is going to change a lot of people that are alive still. The life of a disciple is not always the shiny lights and the great crowds. Although Jesus and the disciples, they saw amazing crowds. But that's not what this discipleship is about. Discipleship is intimate fellowship with Jesus. You, you know, just in your heart answer this. Like, are you... Are you making time to have an intimate relationship with the Lord? Are you, are you just like living life and, and just living life? Or, or are you actually a disciple of Jesus Christ? Like it's, it, it's, like, it's so important. Uh, Cynthia gave me an awesome word of knowledge yesterday. You know, that happens sometimes when you live with someone that's like amazing at word of knowledge. <laughs> Like, God really uses her. I'm sure some of you have experienced that. And uh, 
Yeah, she just gave me word, and, and it's about intimacy. It's about relationship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's what discipleship is about. And God, God wants, he loves you. You're his children. That's not going to change. But he wants you to just imitate him in everything. Let's go to John chapter 13. Intimate relationship. John 13. I'll, I'll go with you on this one. John 13. Verse 14 through 17. Are you there? Listen to Jesus, the teacher. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also are to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should, you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Wow, that's so amazing. A disciple is faithful to what Jesus does. He loves people. He loves, he intentionally loves people and wants to see the world transformed. Like, when you're thinking like that, you're thinking with the mind of a disciple. You're thinking about, man, I, I walk on this earth and, and, and I represent Jesus. He says, look, he says, the servant is not greater than the master. But if you learn all these things, you'll be just like him. What are all these things? Go learn them in fellowship with, with the Holy Spirit. Go learn them in intimacy with Jesus. All these things is really loving each other and loving people and loving God. That's what it sums up to. That's what good disciple does. Imitates Jesus. Paul said it like this. He said, imitate me in what I imitate Christ in. So he wanted people to imitate Christ. That's what discipleship is. When... when when people see you, do they, do they see Jesus? Do, do they see, man, that's a disciple of Jesus. That's a follower, a believer, and a child of Jesus. That's very important. Luke 640. You don't have to go to it. Let's, let's put it up. Well, at least if you need to. Luke 640. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Wow. See that? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. You are being trained. You are being coached. You are being taught by someone so that you can be perfectly trained to be exactly like the teacher. And the teacher, his name is Jesus. Amen? Now, he said you would do greater works, but those greater works is because you're like the teacher. God wants to mold us to be just like him. So discipleship is, again, not task-driven, but it's a call to know him, to enjoy him, and to do what he does. It's a call to know him, 
enjoy him and to do what are you enjoying your relationship with God amen I hope you're enjoying your relationship with God are you getting to know him are you doing what he does that's why that's why I love the message of the gospel I love the message of grace because in the new covenant discipleship is not about you know, oppressing people to do things. It's about submitting under grace and resting in him and him using us in that rest. It's, it's powered by the Holy Spirit, amen? In his deep love for us, we get to know him and enjoy him, and then we walk with him in the Holy Spirit. This is what a disciple is. It's relationship and fellowship with God. So when he says go, now let's, let's go to Matthew again, Matthew 28. I know I'm reading the Bible a lot today, but it's good, right? Bible's good. Matthew 28, once again, and we're going to read verse 18 through 20. I'm not going to touch on everything about discipleship today because we have time for that, but there's a lot more. I just kind of wanted to give you like like an intro. Are you there? Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So he says, all authority. Amen. Not some authority, but all authority has been, this is after the resurrection, has been given to me on heaven and on earth. You see, before that, the enemy, the devil had some authority, right? He took it from Adam because the enemy does not have authority, amen? The enemy has power. Satan has power that God didn't take from him, but he took the authority that he had. And then when Jesus came, he took that authority back. And no longer does the enemy have authority. But Jesus, he says, I have all authority. Every authority. Every, if he says it, it'll get done because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. So if he's asking us to be disciples, if he's asking us to be just like the teacher, what he is saying is you You can exert that authority and that power here on earth. Just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus does. This should excite you. This should get you going. This should burn in your heart. Because you are like the teacher. You are being perfectly trained to be just like him. So rejoice that Jesus has all authority. Now, what happens sometimes in our life is that 
The enemy comes and will give him our, our authority and, and he'll have access to our life. But don't do that. Rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. And you're able to rebuke him in Jesus' name because you have authority and you have power. That's what discipleship is. That's, that's what a disciple looks like. Now you're walking around and you're a disciple full of power and authority, full of the presence of God, living in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And now you go up to someone to touch them, to bless them, to invite them into this fellowship, to invite them into this discipleship that they too can be set free and also trained up to be just like Jesus. That's so important that we would go, that we would go, because some of us have stopped, but that we would go in the kingdom of God. There's always going. Even when we're resting, we're going. Because rest does not mean inactivity. Not in the kingdom. Like you can take vacations in the physical and the natural if you need to. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. But in the kingdom, we go. Even in rest, we go. I mean, we should always be in rest, by the way. We should always, we should always go forward and do things for God in rest anyway. So rest is not a place. Rest is a person. And his name is Jesus. In the kingdom, it's always go, go, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Make them, baptize them, and teach them. Make them, baptize, and teach them. Make them, baptize them, and teach them. We complicate it, but it's just make them, baptize them, and teach them. See, we get fancy, right? Because we like stuff like this. We, we get fancy with our conferences, and, 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 and we get fancy with our Instagramming and, and Facebooking, right? Amen? But, but Jesus, he said, make them, baptize them, and teach them. The gospel's not complicated. The gospel's not just this do's, don'ts here. The gospel is make them, baptize them, and teach them. Teach them to what? To make them, and baptize them, and teach them. Oh, no, what's the new revelation, Lord? Come on, speak to me. Make them, baptize them. And teach them. We can't, what did Jesus come to do? To make them. To baptize them. And to teach them. But we complicate the gospel. We make it about everything else. We make it about everything else. Except this. This is how we're going to change and transform the world. This is it right here. This is the key. We found it, guys. We found it. We want to change the world. We want people to come to church. We want, we want to see the crowds. Yes. Make them. All of us. It's not Mario and Cynthia's job to make them baptize them. All of us have been mandated to make them, baptize them, and teach them. 
The only time I should step in is if you're teaching weird things. Then I'm going to be like, yo, you need to be taught again. Amen? But it's our call. Guys, this is not the call for the pastor and evangelist and apostle, teacher, or prophet. It's not. I know we're used to, some of us grew up in church. We're used to going to church and sitting in church and going to church and sitting in church. It's not about that. It's not the call of the dudes in the front. It's all of us to make them, baptize them, and teach them. Make them. Are you making them? Are you, are you making them? If we don't have baptisms at church, let's, let's, whatever, let's use the tub. Let's baptize people and let's teach them. The Bible says, Paul says, older women teach the younger ones to be good wives. Older men teach the younger men to be good husbands. There's always this making them and baptizing them and teaching them. This is what the gospel is about. This is what the kingdom is about. So we, we get pretty, you know. We get fancy with things and we put all these extras on it. And, and then we, we put so much pressure on people. And, and man, come on, when are you going to be a good disciple? Right? Instead of teaching. How did Jesus teach? See, this is like the, the next, probably the next part. But let me just give you a little flavor, a little taste. How did, how did Jesus teach? Did he sit there and you guys are morons and you better? Right? That's how he taught? First, he taught them by leading, him doing. Him saying, uh, uh, Lord, Lord. They came, Lord, uh, we have 5,000 people and we have no food. All right, feed them. Oh, how, how are we going to do that, Lord? Well, what do we have? Well, we have these little bread and little fish. I don't know how we're going to do it. And we can't send everyone into the town. They're going to, you know, they're going to destroy the town. We don't know what to do. God, help, please. Because they're learning how to be disciples in this moment. And Jesus is, oh, God, so beautiful and so wise. All right, bring it. Have everyone sit down. Have everyone get in groups. You know, stay with a group. And this is how you do it. Father, thank you for our food. All right, go ahead and feed everyone. It, did it, does it sound complicated? See, see, when you know you're a new creation, that, that you are victorious, that, that you're in the king, that, that you're not in sin, that you're free, that you, you can just... Thank you, Lord, and, and see things multiply. Did he say, okay, we're going to fast, we're going to pray. Not that those things are bad. Please don't misunderstand me. Those things are really, really good. I'm just saying when you're teaching, when Jesus is teaching, he's teaching very simple. He's teaching from, from a kingdom perspective. He's not teaching from, please help, Lord, if you hear me. He's not hearing us right now, guys. No, he's, he's, God, he's, he's with the Father. I mean, he is the Father. He's right there. He's, hey, thank you, Lord, for this meal. Remember, remember when he taught about prayer? And he said, he said, the Father knows what you need, everything you need. So just say it. Just ask him. Just thank him. 
hey, you, you need a house, you need a new job, start thanking him for it. Try that. You've tried, Lord, please, God. You've tried that. Now start just thanking him for it. Amen? Just say, Lord, thank you for the new job that's going to pay me this much an hour, that I'm going to have these days off. Thank you, Lord. And be reasonable, of course, but thank you, Lord Jesus, that I only work on Mondays and get paid $10 million every... Not that that's not possible, but, but I'm just saying, you know, step by step, we'll get there, we'll get there. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. We complicate it. It's simple. Amen? It's simple. It's Jesus. He's God. Imagine this. He's God. He knows he created heaven and earth, right? Like if he tells the fig tree that it's cursed, it dies. Because he's God. And he's walking in power and authority. Amen? But he makes himself a human to simplify the gospel to us. To make things simple for us. Can we just, can we just be simple with the Lord and just be disciples? Can we make them Baptize them and teach them. And of course, there's, there's some hows and some whys and some whats that we need to answer there in making them and baptizing them and, and uh, teaching them. But it's not like this, it's not this mathematical equation. Although those are kind of easy for me, but I'm just trying to, you know, relate. I'm just kidding. Are you with me? Amen? Let's, let's be good disciples. Let's, let's have fellowship and intimacy with the Father. And then let's turn around, respond, and say, there's a world that needs to be transformed with the kingdom. I need to make disciples. Start small. Start with someone at work. Invite them to church. Start with someone at home and say, hey, man, let's go to lunch. We don't even need to invite them to church. Let's go to lunch together. Let's go have some lunch and take that opportunity to start to make. Pray for them when you get home. Write their name down. Put, pray for them in intimacy. And Lord, this is your son. This is your daughter. Lord, open the doors. Holy Spirit, go and, and open the doors and do something. Next thing you know, God makes it so easy that that person might ask, hey, so what do you do on the weekends? Or what is this whole God thing about? Can you talk to me about it? Whoa. And we're like, oh, you know, it's cool. There's a life right there. Perhaps it's going to hell if we don't say something. Yes, we, we believe in hell here. I mean, we don't believe in it, but it exists, if you know what I mean. So can we do that? Can we, can we like, <sighs> I know some of you guys are young, and I get it. Enjoy life. Awesome. There's a world around you that just, just needs you. And, and, and some of us just get so selfish. And we live life to pleasure ourselves only. And by grace, he's just calling you to just respond. Make them. Baptize them. Just imagine Jesus has resurrected. He died. He's resurrected. He's in all his glory. He could tell the disciples anything. Anything. You could tell them 
so many things. This is how I created the earth and the heavens. Uh, this is what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. This is exact. He could tell him so many things. An infinite universe. And he says, go and make some more. Baptize them and teach them. Oh, and by the way, I'm always going to be with you. Until the end. Let's pray. Grace and Love Podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.